We are so honored that you chose to join us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. It is our desire that you will be encouraged and challenged in your walk with Jesus. Be blessed as you join us for this week's message. Oh man, that just gets me every time. Well, welcome to Hope Church. We are winding down our message series called Addicted to Love. Really, the message series is all about detoxing from the brand of love that we've been taught, that we've experienced from our culture, from our world, from movies, social media, and songs, and really learning to understand not only with the knowledge of the love of God, but experiencing that love of God and allowing the love of God to transform us so that it transforms the relationships around us. And every week we've been going through different types of relationships that we usually all encounter or may encounter throughout the course of our lifetime. And as your pastor, I've encouraged you every week, and I'm going to do so again this week, that for some of us, we may not find ourselves in the scenario in which the people are speaking. But I can tell you this, that I believe that as the body of Christ, that even having an understanding and gaining um, understanding and having compassion and empathy for those of us, uh, for those who are around us that are walking through challenging relational uh, dysfunction or brokenness um, or pain, that when we as the church come alongside with a better understanding, we can help uh, just love, support, and show the love of Christ to those around us. And so um, each week we've been going through different ones, and today you're in for a real treat as we're going to dive into the topic of divorce. And we look at how God can redeem those and heal brokenness, pain from divorce, and also how um, God not only can heal it, but redeem it. And what does that look like for those of us who have experienced divorce? I believe, statistically speaking, that all of us have been affected by divorce one way or another, whether we grew up in broken homes, of divorced homes, or we know and have family members or friends that have gone through it, or maybe you're here today and you're married. I believe what you're going to hear today is going to challenge you, even in your marriage right now. You might be sitting here thinking, no way, I'm, I'm never going to get divorced. Uh, that's not me. But it can happen to any of us. And the Bible is clear about divorce. God says it like this. He hates divorce. And even in saying that, that can um, put some condemnation on some of us in thinking that God hates us because he hates divorce. But I don't believe that's what, what the Bible is telling us. I believe that God hates divorce because he hates the effects of divorce. He, affects, uh, he hates what it does to people, how it tears couples apart, how it tears up families and the effects that it have on children. And so... We're going to hear a story of redemptive grace today that in the middle of that, if you're here and you're married, if you're here and you've experienced divorce, no matter what your situation, maybe you're, you've been uh, remarried, that this is a story of redemption and it's a story of grace. There is biblical grounds in the Bible for divorce, but I always tell couples it's a last resort. We don't buy into the world's way of doing divorce, which is we're not happy, we're not satisfied, so we easily cut ties with our covenant. No, there is provision for infidelity and for uh, abuse. Uh, I don't believe that God would want anybody to stay in an abusive situation. However, again, every opportunity is an opportunity to allow the grace, the love, and the redemption of the Lord to bring healing and wholeness 
to our marriages and to our relationships. So without further ado, would you do me a favor and give a huge Hope Church welcome to Tim and Marty Corpola as they come to take the stage today. One of my favorite couples here that we are blessed with. We, you know, we have some amazing couples in this church. And, um, and this couple is one of them that is just such a blessing to this house and this family. And, um, and I've known them for so long. Let me tell you something about this couple. They're the real deal. And I love their heart's passion for the Lord and allowing the Lord to bring healing to their lives and then sharing openly that process that God has led them on. So you're going to be really um, blessed today. By the way, I'll be back next week preaching to you the last message in the series. And we have a number that if you have any questions, this is your last opportunity before I bring to you next week. And I just want to forewarn you, next week is going to be PG-13. Oh yeah, the heat's coming. Just so I'm giving you a heads up. And so if you have kids, small kids, may want to figure out something else. Uh, be with your teenagers. I believe that your teenagers will benefit from it. But if you got any questions, you could text it to the number up on the screen. Tim and Marty, bring it to us. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Lance. And thank you for uh, just this, this body. Hold it up. Hold it close. Uh, <clears throat> this body for uh, just loving us. I mean, we do feel like family here. And uh, know so, of you, so many of you so well. Some of you don't know us at all. And that's okay, you're going to get to know us right now, because <laughs> we're, we're going to be real. Um, but some of you know us very well, especially uh, our Living Waters people. Is Randy here? He's gonna, he can probably tell my testimony better than I can. So, heard it so many times. <laughs> so one thing about us that actually we've learned about us, but no shocker, is that uh, I have been called a live wire and he has been called a ground wire, which is so awesome because if a live wire has no ground wire, she'll set the whole place on fire, and it won't always be a good thing. So I am thankful that I am married to a ground wire. In fact, I think we have a photo. Look at that. Even when we're sitting still, the live wires coming through my hair gravitating towards the ground wire. That's a whole miracle, y'all, right there. That is an act of God. First, I don't sit still very well, so I'm going to be good. I'm going to try to sit down and let Tim start. Well, our, so as Pastor Lance said, you know, our story is different than a lot of you. And even if you've been divorced, our, our, our story is going to be a little different. Each individual circumstance is different. So if we don't hit every point, please don't be condemned. We want to bring hope today. We want to bring encouragement today. That, uh, and I want to start out with a scripture in 1 Colossians 1. I don't think we'll have it up there. It's okay. Just maybe even close your eyes. Receive this. 1 Corinthians, or 1 Colossians, or Colossians 1, sorry. Colossians 1, 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let me say that one more time. For he has rescued us from the... He has rescued us. He has rescued us. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, 
redemption. He has purchased us the forgiveness of sins. So in my first marriage, uh, I was young. I was 21, uh, just freshly saved. I got saved when I was 20, came to Christ, and 21, got married, and we just, uh, you know, when I got married, I loved her. No question. As best I knew how to love her, I loved her. Never thinking for a moment that this marriage, this covenant, could end in divorce. So we started to live our lives. Went into, got into ministry in, when I was like 25. Came down to YWAM, actually. Went to the first discipleship training school here in Lakeside. Yeah, shout out for the YWAMers. Yeah, I, was, I did a lot of work duties there. Any, anyway, uh, so just, but that was my foundation because I had my experience with God. I had my own personal testimony of what he had, how he had uh, revealed himself to me and how I accepted him, but I didn't really know him from his word. And so YWAM really gave me that good foundation in his word. Um, I'll be forever grateful for that. Plus, she launched me into ministry, started touring with a Christian rock band, and, and uh, yeah, don't, don't picture me in spandex shorts and long hair, you don't, you, not, and, and, a, and a muscle shirt. <laughs> you don't want to do it. Anyway, um, I digress. So, so just experienced a lot of things, experienced people coming to the Lord, uh, healings, deliverances, just, I mean, the power of God stuff. His presence, so powerful that when my eyes were closed, it felt like he was so tangible. If I opened them, I'd see God. I mean, seriously. So my wife and I were involved in that ministry, and, and then we, uh, uh, yeah, we started having children. That happens. <laughs> Can happen. And so we had our first, Katie. We had our second, Josh. Then our third, Joel. And then our fourth, Janelle. Hi, Janelle. I think you're watching online. Our, and our last one was Jenna, our baby girl. And so just these wonderful children, and life was going great for many years. And even through the loss of our first child in a, in a car accident, she was three months old, uh, our, our love was there. Our relationship with God was there. We are united. We grieved, but we actually drew closer together as a couple during that hard... Hello. Oh, there we are. And, and so uh, that's just to say that there are things in life, there are storms in life that come that actually tear couples apart. That's one, one reason uh, there's divorce. And I've, I, have, I know couples personally that have divorced because of the loss of a child. And whether they blamed each other or however that worked out, they, they just, uh, it didn't end well. But actually, in my first marriage, through that loss, we actually drew closer together through the grace of God. It's my turn. So I was born in the Netherlands, and when I was close to nine years of age, my family immigrated to Canada. Um, and because of that reason, I was always several grades behind, because when we immigrated, none of us knew the English language. 
Um, and so I was supposed to be going into like the third grade or in the, the fourth grade and then I was put back in kindergarten and worked my way up. So I was used to kind of being alone and isolated and trying to figure out who my friends were. Um, one of the things that I remember really well is we, we lived in this uh, little tiny town and we actually lived in, um, in a camp dorm. So it was the girls' dorm, which was our home. And as a result, we would have a lot of camp meetings, which was like not even 50 feet from our house. And I saw some amazing things. And I just, I just saw how, how much Jesus wanted to touch people and how much he loved people. And like Tim, early on, I got to witness, sometimes from the back row, incredible miracles, deliverances. And I knew that the power of Christ was real. My dad was a street preacher and all that to say is um, he's a little rough around the edges. I get a little bit of that from him, but it's okay. It's all right. And I remember one time he had me sing a song at one of the churches in Canada where he was speaking, and it was a song about healing. And back then, I'm going to date myself, we used a cassette tape, and I would click that tape, and the music would come, and I would begin to sing, and all of a sudden, a lady in the back row begins to scream. And I'm like, dear God, Jesus, what just happened? And she just keeps, like, screaming and what I realize is that as a, as a young girl, as I just begin to sing out this song, that the goiter on her neck had completely disappeared in a second. And so these were the manifestations that I grew up around, that, that Jesus was present. And I didn't realize until much later how important that was for me. So I went to Bible college after I graduated from high school, uh, Bible college here in the United States. And I met uh, a man that was a gifted artist, a worship leader, and I fell in love with him. And so we dated for a while. He supported me in Bible school. And we just knew that God had a call on our lives and that we were meant to just impact and influence for the kingdom. Um, shortly after we were married, my first son, Cole, was born. And then almost three years later, I had a daughter named Amy. He actually wanted six kids. Hallelujah. I could not do that. So two is all I, all I could do. And I'm thankful for them so much. But I have to tell you, um, we moved here to the valley. Um, I was a worship leader at one of the churches here in the valley for about eight, nine years. Absolutely loved every bit of it. Loved getting together. Loved seeing what God was doing. Loved it so much that I would rather be there than be home, even though I was a stay-at-home mom, because there were things happening in our home and in my marriage that I just couldn't put my finger on. I knew something was off, but nothing really came to the forefront. Um, it was just this constant dark cloud. I felt very oppressed, very controlled. And I just need to tell you, I was married for almost 25 years. He was my very first partner. And so I was 100% invested. I had nothing that I could say, well, this is how it used to be. Where I lived, how I lived, that was what I knew. That was my normal. I didn't know how abnormal and how toxic and how dark it really was. So 
I was married 30 years, and your question might be, well, how does a guy that, you know, was a born-again believer, lived for Christ, was in ministry, I was, a, I was a worship pastor for 14 years after YWAM, all those experiences with God, I went to a school of biblical studies, SBS fans there, uh, so how could you know the Word of God the way I knew the Word of God, have the experience I've had with the presence of God, see Him use me to see instant healings, have the, so having the power of God surge through me and end in divorce, how does that happen? Well, tell you what, none of us in this room are susceptible to that. And I'm not just talking about divorce, I'm just talking about going astray from God. And that's what started to happen. What happened in my last two years of, of you know, church ministry, on staff ministry, and it was in this church actually, 2004 to 2006. Some of you were here then. And I, uh, my wife at the time, she did not want to be here. And I won't go into all those reasons, but she was not happy here. She wanted to be out of this valley. I wanted to be here. I was here because I wanted to be here knowing even that she didn't want to be here. And so finally got so bad that I said, you know what, we're going back to Canada. And so that's where her family is. So we packed up, we went. But I went up to Canada mad. I was really mad because I didn't get my way. Wah, wah. Serious. It's like, I'll tell you what, selfishness is an ugly thing. Not loving your partner, not attending to their needs, and having the grace of God and the love of God and, and the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. When that's not being poured out of your life, when that's not being reflected, when that's not being manifested in your life, that should be your first clue. And that should have been my first clue. That, that something was amiss. There was something wrong. There was something I, that needed attention. So don't be condemned by whatever, whatever you're going through. That's, that's, you know, it could be in your marriage. It could be, it could be things like pornography. It uh, could be addictions. Because I'll tell you what, it's those things are fruit. That's not the root. The fruit is what you need, the, the fruit is to identify, to help you start, you know, questioning what is the root of that thing? Yeah. Why am I doing what I do? Why am I so selfish? Why am I, you might not even identify as selfish. But anyway, that's where I was at. And so I went to Canada that way, even with all, all the tools I had. And I never made it right with my wife. I just lived my life. She lived her life. We had, you know, kids that she was invested in and I just did my thing I was not and so what I realized I wasn't in ministry anymore up there and I realize it now actually that my identity was so wrapped up in being respected as a worship guy a worship leader that when I went to Canada and became a carpenter who was I 
I lost my identity. I didn't, even if I would have, I would have been able to tell you that I was a son of the Most High God, that, you know, I could tell you all the things about what we talk about in terms of who our identity is. But it's one thing to know it and to be secure in it and to walk in it and live in it than to just say it. Like, I'm secure now. You could tell because I'm tucking my ears in my hat. <laughs> you know, my stepson, Cole, he's the one that gave me this hat and said, this is the way you have to wear it or I'm taking it back. So, so I'm secure now, but I wasn't always. I wasn't always. I never would have done this. No. Uh, but anyway, so I'm up in Canada. I start a mad... I've lost my identity, not knowing that I had. Ended up playing my music in bars, which is not bad in itself or sin in itself. It's just I, uh, I started getting into the drinking, drinking too much. Um, and I didn't want, never want to become an alcoholic because my parents were alcoholics, and I saw the ugliness of that. And so I started smoking pot, if that was better. I stayed intoxicated. I didn't want to face reality. I didn't want to, to really, um, yeah, deal with my problems and the situations. And so, anyway, I, uh, I lived my life for myself, and I got approached in the bar by a gal, and she offered herself to me, and I accepted. And so I committed adultery. Not only committed adultery, but I ended up divorcing my wife and end up living with that same gal for a couple years. Until the day came when God, in his mercy and his grace and his great love for me, like we sang in Reckless Love, he pursued me and he revealed himself to me in a way that I, I will describe in a moment. As my world began to spiral downwards, and I began to question well, what was really going on in my home, in my relationship. Um, I kept trying. I was praying. I was believing. Um, you know, whatever the problem, I knew that together with Jesus, we could find the healing that we needed and we could move forward. Um, and so I just, I just kept contending and I just kept believing and I asked you know, people to pray with me. And I remember one day um, when things began to surface and the grief and the rejection and the pain and the abuse hit me so hard. I've got you know, two um, teenage kids at this time and I was in the shower and I was so overcome with hopelessness because I wasn't the breadwinner. I depended on my husband. He would give me X amount of dollars. Um, I didn't know how to get out. I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't want a divorce. There is no divorce in my family. I didn't want to be the first one. And I remember just weeping and sliding against the wall of that shower, just asking God to please help me. And part of the reason that I didn't know what to do next is because I didn't know who to go to in my church. And it, I'm not blaming the church, 
But when I was raised, we didn't talk about stuff like this. We didn't talk about what it looks like when you are professing to be a believer and yet you struggle with substance abuse or the kind of trauma that you go through when, when the man that you're married to cheats on you over and over again and what that does to you and the things that sometimes I would be asked to do if I just wanted to make some extra money and even though I was married, I felt used and abused and not loved. And so where do you go when you're in church, you're a worship leader, these are the things that are happening in your home and you show up Sunday after Sunday and you go to church and you raise your hands and you trust Jesus, but you're bleeding out. You are bleeding out. And you know that if you don't receive the healing and the hope and the help that you know is found in Jesus, that you are going to take those wounds and you're going to bleed on people who never even cut you. And so that was the crossroads where I was at. And I remember calling my dad and my mom. And I was so broken and so messed up. And my dad said, whatever you do, you have our support. But I am going to pray on your behalf because if things do not change, there will be a funeral for your soul. And I knew that there was a call of God in my life. But I was spiraling. And one day, I received a phone call from a federal agent. And not only did my world spiral down, but it completely unraveled. And I began to see how deep and dark the double life that my husband at the time was living, how, how horrible it was. So I did get divorced. And it was it was devastating. I legally couldn't stay in the US, I couldn't stay in Canada. Most of you know uh, my story. I traveled back and forth for several years to go through uh, court. Um, I lost everything. My truck was often where I would sleep and hang out at the home, home Depot parking lot, Lowe's, wherever. And I told this in the first service and, and it's important that I share it again that I remember one night being so broken. Here I am, I'm in my late 40s. I've got two children that I can't get to. My bank account is seized. There are all kinds of accusations and things I'm trying to work through. And all I could do was survive. And when you're a mother, or even if you're just a single person and you are in survival mode, there is no inspiration. All you can do is just take the next breath. And I'm sitting there in my truck saying, Jesus, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. My, my body, it was starting to take its toll. I was diagnosed with a thyroid cancer that I didn't even realize. Um, the therapist and the counselors said, you are just under so much stress. But I just knew that I had to keep going every single day. And in that moment when I prayed, with my belongings on a shower rod in the back of my truck. The presence of God invaded my vehicle and that place of hopelessness became a sanctuary of hope because Jesus was present. Jesus was present. And I just wanna speak to some of you women that are in a marriage right now that are difficult, it's difficult. And you've been praying and you've been crying out to God your prayers 
are heard. Your prayers are not wasted. God is with you. But I'm going to tell you what it takes to get through your circumstance. And that is exactly that word, through it. Not around it. You don't bypass it. You go through it. And Jesus said in Psalms 23, he will go with us through the valley of the shadow of death. Whatever is dying in your life, the things you're contending for, your marriage is falling apart, you've got children. Jesus promised to be with you through the valley of the shadow of death. There are some of us, we don't have a story of restoration and hope with our original spouse. But I'm standing before you today, restored, redeemed, whole. My value, yeah. My value in Jesus and your value in Jesus doesn't change because of your circumstances. The enemy wants you to think that because you are battling things, that that is who you are. It is not who you are. Is it okay if I get my preach on a little bit because this is important ladies and this is important gentlemen because that is what the enemy wants to do he wants to shut you down and when you've been in ministry and you are going through darkness and you are going through addictions and you are going through defeat and you are are sitting in the courts looking at a judge and your divorce is finalized and you hear that little hammer going it's done you're restored to your you know original last name meanwhile my my husband, my ex at that time, is sitting below me in a jail cell, and the judge is smiling, and the lawyer's like, you know, yay. And I walked out going, there is nothing good about this day. And I hear women celebrate the day of their divorce, and that is dangerous. That is not a day to celebrate. That is a heartbreaking day. If my marriage to my first husband would have worked that would have been so awesome that was my hope but my hope was never lost because I went through a divorce and so the shame that you can bury because the enemy would like to tell you you sat in church you should have known better who are you Tim was a pastor who are you you saw miracles you're not going to get back up now nobody will ever believe the change in your life because most people don't actually get back up because they're so defeated they don't get back up many ministers don't get back up they just stay defeated the character and the work of God in this man's life is so incredible because he got back up he got back up and you can get back up this morning. You can get back up. But I'm going to let him share what God did and what it took to get back up on his feet. Woo! Yeah. Preach it, sister. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you. So after the revelation came, um, actually through my youngest daughter, who expressed to me in a message that she was confused, hurt, uh, by all what happened and she said dad why don't you do what God says do that and that was God used to initially just cut through like it's it's it was in an instant it was like 
It was like Saul on the road to Damascus experience where, you know, one day he's not living for God and then Jesus encounters him. Now he is. So it was like that. When I read that, it was a revelation to me. It was almost like the blinders was taken off, you know. It was the blinders were taken off. I was lost, now I'm found. I was blind and now I see. All of a sudden I saw, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? It's like the prodigal son who squandered his inheritance and came to that point where, where he said as well, he goes, it was, uh, he had this revelation of, you know, like, what am I doing moment? And that's, that's when he decided to go back to his father. So I, I came back, and because of the reckless love of God, you know, he was there with open arms. And, you know, for the first couple of years, actually, I could hardly, that song wasn't written yet, but when I would think about the kindness of God or speak about the kindness of God, I would literally cry because I had experienced the kindness of God. And so, so, so it's so sad that sometimes we have to walk into such darkness uh, to actually really really feel that and experience that and be able to vocalize the kindness of God and really know what the kindness of God is. The darkness to light thing. But I'll tell you where it starts. It starts with humility. This is the, the road to reconciliation and to, to becoming uh, whole again. It starts with acknowledging your own sin, repentance. And you need to, in humility, say, nobody's fall but mine. Nobody's fault but mine. If I die, my soul be lost. Nobody's fault but mine. The old spiritual hymn. And we so you take responsibility for what you've done. You repent and you go to others even that you've hurt and ask their forgiveness. You do what God instructs you to do. You follow him. You die to yourself. You know, today we were supposed to have baptisms, and that would have been beautiful because that represents exactly what's supposed to happen in our life daily. We die daily. We die to that selfishness and that self-centeredness and that narcissism that blinds us from the needs of others. And we come up out of that water, born again, new, resurrected, uh, just we begin to we clothe ourselves with Christ you know there's a scripture that I'd memorized years ago but I never applied 2 Corinthians 5:15 says he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for us and rose again and I don't want to ever live for myself again that is the path to destruction I don't care how solid your marriage is right now I don't care I'm glad for that I don't care how solid and tight you feel with God right now, today. It's a daily walk. It's a daily relationship. How is your intimacy with God? Are you living on yesterday's manna? On an old word? Memorized scripture? It's so important, church. So important to have a living, vital relationship. She doesn't trust me because of me she married a guy who committed adultery she trusts me because of Christ in me and she sees the fire of God in me and my pursuit for him and it the fruit of that is 
the love I express to her. It's, it's actually produces practical fruit of, that she benefits from. Because my cry to God was, God, help me love. Show me how to love, because I don't know how to love. I've proved it. And so, um, you know, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Marty asked, well, I said that to Marty one time. I said, not Marty, do you love me? I said, I love you. And she goes, how do you know? I said, I'd take a bullet for you. And she goes, strangers take bullets for other people. <laughs> that was truth. I couldn't deny that. So I was, uh, I, you know, I had to ponder that. And so my answer now is I know I love her because I want to see this woman. become all Christ has called her to be. It's not about me. And it's not about you. When you learn that and embrace that and understand that, that you too will be whole, healed. And I want to just speak one second about the shame that was the hardest thing for me to overcome. I could, I could believe that God loved me, but I had a hard time loving for myself and, and forgiving myself for what I had done. And so I want to tell you, you, you that feel disqualified from ever serving, ever preaching, ever doing anything for God, or, or even holding your head up, that Jesus not only died for your sin, he not only bore your sin, but he bore your shame. That's how powerful the cross is. That's how powerful his shed blood is. And so, uh, that's what we wanted to share because God is good all the time. <laughs> and uh, we live a victorious life now. I mean, when there's things come up, we talk about them. I don't, I'm not the same person anymore. And I'm not going to revert back to my old ways of holding my head down and, and withdrawing stuff. We, you know, there's still some tough stuff you have to walk through. But I'm not going to go get high like I used to do to avoid my problems. And I want to speak to anybody that's, that has an addiction of any kind in this. Don't revert to your addiction to deal with your problems. I lived it, I did it, and it doesn't work. Surrender that thing today because it's holding you back from everything God has, has destined you to be and called you to be. Your identity in him is based on who he is and who he's called you to be. So we're just, uh, we're just pleading with you to just choose this day who you'll serve. Don't serve those things. Don't serve yourself. Serve the God who created you, made you, love you, has given access to himself, to you. Yeah, and I just want to wrap up what Tim was saying, that wherever you're at right now, if you're in a place where you're actually contemplating divorce, can we just challenge you to just pause for a minute? Because Tim and I paid a really 
big price for the choices that we made. It wasn't our dream to stand up on a platform with a different partner declaring the goodness of God. We're grateful, we're thankful because God is in the redemption business. But if you are in a place and you are ready to throw in the towel, sir, if you're contemplating, entertaining thoughts of having an affair, Ladies, if you're in this house and you're contemplating and you're being drawn to somebody else that seems more enticing, can we just pause right here and take a look at what's happening because you are going to lose a battle that will affect your children. This is a moment, this is a godly intersection moment for your family right now. First Peter 2.9 says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, you are are God's peculiar possession. He adores you because he wants you to declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his light. There is something to be contended for today and that is called your legacy. We declare the praises of him to whom? to those that we have been entrusted with your wife your husband your children your grandchildren like a whole domino effect because this world today needs to know the power of Jesus of redemption we were able to get back up on our feet and so can you so can you so can you this is like a 911 call for you today this is serious business our kids suffered. We know what it's like to be married to someone else and all of the mess that comes with it. But today is the day of salvation on so many levels and we felt strongly this morning to invite you to respond. There was a word that came that said that there was a river that was flowing here in the front. And it didn't just come from one person. I heard it came from several. They said there's an actual river. And this morning, Jesus invites you to the river. And I don't, I don't want you to feel embarrassed. I don't want you to feel like you're not worthy. That it's just awkward to come with your stuff and your broken pieces. But can I just tell you that this is a safe place. This is a safe house. You've heard testimonies from people just airing out their laundry because we're real people that serve a real God. And if there's anything going on in your home, in your life, in your relationship, you must surrender and lay that thing down. It's important. So would you stand up? Tim and I are gonna sing a song. And as we sing this song, and while we're singing it, you don't have to wait to the end. Would you take your wife, would you take your husband by the hand, if that's you this morning, and you want to surrender, and you want your marriage strengthened, there are people here that want to pray for you. Because who you are matters, and what God's called you to do matters. And especially those of you who have been in the ministry, and you're feeling so beat up because there are issues in your life. God loves you. Your value doesn't change. Thank you for joining us for this week's message at Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support this ministry by going to hopechurchmt.com give. Also, follow us on social media at Hope Church MT. Thanks again for watching and have a very blessed week.